असतो मा सद्रमय तमसो मा ज्योतिर्गमय मृत्युर्मा अमृत गमय ओं शांति 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 ओं लीडर्स फ्रॉम द अनरियल टू द रियल लीडर्स फ्रॉम डार्कनेस एंड टू लाइट लीडर्स फ्रॉम डेथ टू इमोर्टैलिटी ओम पीस पीस So thank you for joining us again for this uh, uh, final session of the retreat on uh, Mahavakya Viveka, the fifth chapter of the Panchadashi. In this chapter, Vidyaranya Swami, uh, the very compact chapter, he actually presents the uh, result of the analysis of the Mahavakyas. how is the analysis done we saw yesterday i gave an outline of the technical details of the analysis uh, but here he does not go into all those details he simply gives the result of the each of the uh, mahavakyas for the four mahavakyas vidyarnya swami has given eight uh, verses two verses for each mahavakya so we have seen two uh, in the last three classes we have seen pragyanam brahma from the aitareya upanishad rigveda mahavakya then we have seen aham brahmasmi from the bridharnaka upanishad the uh, yajurveda mahavakya so now we will see the other two before that let us go through some questions very quickly um i have one question which was sent to me let me just read out the question um the following is my understanding of the verse saidam saidam devata ikshata in chandogya upanishad which is in the 6th chapter all that is in the entire universe known and unknown is connected to my knowing whatever is connected to my knowing is connected to my being because being sat is not different from knowing chit that means all existence is myself i am all i am the center of the cosmos the question is the word center in the last sentence begs clarification elsewhere another text talks about the universe as having many centers what does this refer to please clarify okay so this is a difficult and subtle question i took this opportunity to look at the bhashya um, shankara bhashya on this and there uh, it is uh, very important for our understanding what we were discussing a little earlier uh, there shankaracharya says the self is reflected in um, our antakarana so he uses the term anupravesha this is a term that he has used in the taittiriya upanishad anupravesha vakya is there so how does the self or atman or brahman enter into us such a language is used that uh, once the elements are formed uh, fire and uh, in chandogya upanishad only three elements are mentioned three but five elements also you can take from taittiriya upanishad how does the self enter into that so the self enters as being sat and the self enters specially as consciousness chit for all elements the self enters as being atma lends existence or brahman brahman lends existence to the elements the primal elements and manifests vyakaroti manifests the name and form 
So Akasha, Vayu, Agni, Apa, Prithivi, they are manifested in their own nature as, as the five elements by being given existence by Atma or, or by, by giving existence by Brahman, by Sat. But more specifically, uh, as consciousness, when those elements combine, the subtle elements combine to form the Antakkarana, our Antakkarana in each of, each of us. Um, Atma lends or Brahman lends not only existence, not only does the Antakkarana exist, but also shines in uh, with its own light by consciousness. That light is lent by the Atman or Brahman. Consciousness lends uh, or is reflected in the Antakkarana, not only as existence, but also as awareness, not only as uh, Sat, but also as Chit. So in the consciousness lent in the Antakkarana is the one we were calling Chidavarta. So this is the one of the key sources where Shankaracharya himself uh, discusses in the Bhashya, this whole idea of being reflected, consciousness being reflected. Later on in um, post-Shankara Advaita, the whole idea of Chidavasa was developed, but Shankaracharya is very clear here. Anupravesha, Brahman entering into its own creation, let us say. How? Being reflected as consciousness in the Antakkarana being reflected as existence of all the elements. Now, a question is raised. I was seeing in the Bhashya, which is so relevant, a lady just asked a question in the earlier uh, session that uh, this whole idea of reflection, why talk about it? Um, uh, I think it, because uh, isn't it all fake? So uh, the bucket and the reflection in the water of the bucket, isn't it all fake? Exactly the same question is raised here in the Bhashya. Um, that an opponent raises the question to, to the Advaitin. So don't we all become fake then? Because uh, if the name and form and the reflection of the consciousness in the name and form, name and form is Mithya, and the reflection of consciousness in, the, uh, in, in that name and form in the Antakkarana will also be Mithya. So if we are that, then uh, don't we all become fake? Don't we all become Mithya? So the question is put in this way, in the Bhashya. It's basically the same question that she was asking in the earlier uh, session. Shankaracharya answers, double answer, one, that no, no such fear is there because that consciousness reflected in the mind, which we feel ourselves to be right now, the consciousness in the mind, is in its true nature nothing other than Atman. The Shankaracharya's own commentary, uh, own, own language. You are actually Jiva Brahmaivanapara. So Shankara, Shankara says that reflection is in its real nature, nothing different from the um, or original source that is Brahman. So you are actually Brahman. But certainly he says, as far as name and form go, they are fake. He's very clear about it. They are appearances. They are mithya. Now the question about the center, as so from here the answer follows, as Brahman in my true nature, Jiva Brahmaivanapara, I am the center of the universe. But in the sense of reflection, as far as I can understand, as uh, the Chaitanya reflected as Chidabhasa in multiple Antakkarans, Shankaracharya also talks about it, as many Antakkarans will there will be, so many Anupraveshas will be there, and so many Jeevas will appear. Endless number of Jeevas can appear. So uh, that is basically, on, in fact, what we were discussing, this is the Bhashya foundation. I'm very thankful to the questioner for uh, carefully pointing out this section in the Bhasha. It's actually in the Chandokya Upanishad, sixth chapter itself, 6.3. Okay. 
let us now look at some questions which are already been raised before we go on uh, the question was if the definition of god is the creator where i exist then cannot we prove the existence of the creator in the following way i exist due to my parents my parents came in existence due to their parents and so on then by this logic can we reach the existence of creator all right so basically you are asking about question about the proof of the existence of god is not directly connected to what we are discussing we are talking about the identity of jiva and brahma in lakshyartha but god the creator god is vachyartha so i think i had raised this question that uh, the problem of the existence of god always theistic religions face this great problem doubt about the existence of god we have no doubt about the existence of ourselves but we have the doubt about the existence of god so the question the question here is supplying a possible proof of the existence of god i exist surely and from my own existence okay let me say i i was born because of my parents my body was born at least because of my parents and so on and can we not reason back to the first cause certainly we can certainly we can um, and in fact that is one of the proofs order, uh, offered by uh, logicians by the nayikas by the christian theologians first cause it is called first cause everything in the universe is cause and effect so whatever we observe are effects they have come from certain causes those causes are also effects they have come from causes before them in this way if you go back we will come to a first cause and the first cause will be the cause of the entire sequence of causes leading up to today this universe so just this great universe and tremendous effect has been produced there must be a tremendous first cause and a tremendous first cause is god but you know this is just one proof and there are other proofs i'll tell you but very quickly uh, not convincing so why not convincing the science will tell you certainly there is a first cause the first cause is big bang not god big bang is the first cause from that matter has been produced from matter all the stars and planets have come about in certain planets um the matter evolved further into organic matter then life evolved and through the process of evolution here we are today where is god in the whole sequence as the french philosopher mathematician pascal i think who was uh, questioned by the by the french king uh, what about god and he says i don't see the need for that hypothesis pascal or voltaire maybe voltaire or maybe pascal so i don't see the need for that hypothesis similarly scientist will answer to you first cause is there suppose you say there is first cause suppose and again against that also some logic is there but suppose there is first cause and the first cause also need not be god it could be a material cause scientific science will say it's a material cause there are other proofs of the existence of god there is the proof from design such sophisticated design you find in the human body other living creatures it cannot be a matter of chance the watchmaker analogy so watchmaker analogy is suppose you are walking in the garden you see rocks you see ah, nature you see um, dust uh, nature you see a small shrub uh, nature but you see a watch nice electronic watch maybe you see you will not say nature has produced it's somebody dropped the watch why why is the what that electronic watch different from rock suppose the, he says the analogy is that suppose a, a tribesman who has never seen a watch and suddenly sees one that person also will think it's an artifact manufactured by somebody designed by somebody not natural occurrence it shows extraordinary complicated design 
So this extraordinary complicated design in our bodies, so sophisticated, can it be a product of blind forces of nature? No, there must be a designer and a designer must be according to the sophistication of this body, uh, of living bodies. So such a designer can be only God. Proof. Are you convinced? No. If you give this proof to Richard Dawkins, what will he say? No. Yeah. Evolution can produce complicated uh, uh, creatures, can com produce complicated designs just by the pressure of evolution, by genetic modification, mutation, under the pressure of evolution, with the principle of survival of the fittest, you will get more and more sophisticated systems. Computer models have actually proved that. And so nature can produce very sophisticated systems without any guard. So again, doubtful. It may be true, but doubtful. It's no guarantee. And there are at least two or three other. There is the, um, the, the so-called proof from uh, the, uh, you know, purpose, teleological proof that there is an ultimate purpose to the entire universe. And that also is denied. Uh, modern materialist scientists would say there's no purpose. It's just you are uh, conceiving that there's a purpose to all of this. Um, from morals, ethics, evolution. Uh, Richard Dawkins has written this book, Selfish Gene. So very, and, and later on also, there have been books which have been written. Um, Robert Wright, who writes about the moral animal. So how our morals are actually rooted in our evolutionary roots, nothing to, uh, divine or ethic, uh, you know, supernatural about it. So none of these proofs are uh, convincing. But what I mentioned was these proofs are evidence of the doubt. There is doubt regarding the existence of God. And so human beings who believe in the existence of God have struggled to prove. So all theistic religions, they will offer proofs of the existence of God. My point was, nobody offers proofs of the existence of oneself. Not, the question itself does not arise. Logically speaking, you cannot question your own existence. Uh, to question your own existence, you must exist. Okay. Other questions? I have two questions, okay. Time is there. Most important question is, Swami Totapuri coming to Sri Ramakrishna, initiating him into sannyasa. Yes. And then he asked him to meditate on the Nirguna Brahman. Yes. Okay. Without or abandoning all forms and names. Yes. So Sri Ramakrishna tried, he could easily abandon all names and forms except the mother called his name and forum. Yes. He, he tried so much. He said, it is impossible. He said, what you have to do it. He, so he took some uh, glass piece and put a um, mark on his head, concentrate here and then do meditation on Nirguna Brahman. Okay. I'm just briefly telling you. Yes. So Sri Ramakrishna tries and Sri Mother Kali comes with his sword of discrimination, as he says, he cut that, and as soon as that name and forum went away, he lost himself in Nirvikalpa Samadhi. Yes. Okay. And Totapuri waited there, 
all day, all night, almost three days, three days. And then he was afraid. So he brought him down from Nirvikalpa Samadhi by chanting Hari Om, Hari Om, Hari Om like that. And also it was a cosmic wonderment to Totapuri. How could he get Nirvikalpa Samadhi in one day for which I struggled 40 years? Okay, this is the background. The question is, this book uh, from uh, Ranganathananda, okay, on the message of the Upanishads. He says, Ranganathananda Swami, this is realization. You know, Paramahamsa go, going into Nirvikalpa Samadhi is the realization of Brahman. So my question is, we know all these uh, Mahavakyas, understanding, that's not realization. <laughs> that's, I want you to clarify that. When he says it is realization of Sri Ramakrishna, not what you know, I want to know what you say. That is the first question. Now that we'll limit it to that. Okay. Because <laughs> you have to proceed and you have to finish the other ones also. Yes, that is true. And that's a very big question. And uh, if you, um, this is discussed very nicely by um, Vidyaranya Swami in his Jivan Mukti Viveka. There he talks about a Krita Upasti, a person who has done Upasana, who has realized a vision of Ishta Devata uh, from Saguna Brahman, uh, vision is already there. And from there proceeds further and finally realizes identity with Brahman, Aham Brahmasvi realization. And part of that process, um, the yogic samadhi can also be there. So is this the same as the Mahavakyartha Vichara? Remember, Totapuri uh, not only taught Nirvikalpa and Sri Ramakrishna to Nirvikalpa Samadhi, that's the popular story. But if you look at the, uh, the, the description of, of all of that in Sri Ramakrishna, the great master by Swami Saradanandaji, a full discussion of Vedanta pre preceded it. For day after day, the Vedantic teaching, teaching was given by Totapuri to Sri Ramakrishna. So we can understand the teaching that you are Brahman is given there. Now, what is the difference between that and our understanding of um, the Mahavakya? So first of all, our understanding first must come to the stage of Shravana. I must hear clearly and understand the meanings of the words. That is what we have been doing so far. Understand the meanings of the words, the Pada, and then the meaning of the sentence, Vakya. Understand means how that refers to me, this fellow, and how the deeper meaning refers to the witness consciousness here, and how that witness consciousness is the unlimited Brahman. Now, this understanding itself should deepen into realization. It should deepen into realization. This understanding by itself is not realization, but, but as you deepen, deepening it requires mananam and nididhyasanam until full clarity is attained. The word understanding is vague. At some level, we feel we have already understood, yet we feel we have not realized. This is the gap. We feel we have understood, but we feel we have not realized. This understanding into realization is a big question. How much of it is an intellectual process? To what extent does meditation and samadhi help? Remember, meditation and samadhi are always help. That is not the central part of the process. The central part of the process, you see, is this vichara. 
I will leave this discussion aside. One little uh, insight I will give. In the Bhagavad Gita, a beautiful commentary by Madhusudan Saraswati, the great Advaitin who wrote the uh, Advaita Siddhi. So in one place, he gave, makes a comment. He starts discussing this Samadhi versus Vichara. Samadhi versus Vichara. And then he makes a very interesting comment. I, I think it's in the sixth chapter. Um, he makes a very interesting comment. He says, there are these two paths. For some, the concentration of mind in Samadhi is easier. For some, uh, Vedantic Vichara is easier. And he quotes from Yoga Vashishta, two paths have been set out. Then he says, for whom is this, which path is meant? He says, those who consider and hold the world to be real by according to their philosophy. And he gives the example up. He just says, followers of Hiranyagarbha. Basically, he means Sankhyans. Sankhya and Yoga. For them, there is no other way except Samadhi. For the followers of Sankhya and Yoga, and literally, he says, for the followers of Hiranyagarbha, there is no other way except through Samadhi. But then he says, but the followers of Bhagavad Pada, the Bhagavan Bhashyakar Bhagavad Pada, he says, that is, that is uh, the Vedantins, Advaitins. We know that the world to be an appearance. They are, it's just name and form superimposed on Brahman. And so the path of Bichara can directly lead to enlightenment. And then he mentions very clearly, therefore revered Bhagavad Pada, that means Bhashyakara, uh, Shankaracharya, has never taught the path of Samadhi to his followers. Very clearly he mentions this. And then he says, enough of this discussion, back to the Gita. So like, like that, enough of this discussion, back to our... Uh, yeah. So the direct answer is, the Shravana, Manana, Nididhyasana of the Mahavakya can lead to um, realization. The same realization, which is pointed out in that book, that after Nirvikalpa Samadhi, coming out of it, Sri Ramakrishna realized that his identity with Brahman. Same realization. Let me also add, some, at one point we had asked Swami Bhuteshanandaji, 12th president of our order, uh, about this question. That we are talking about vichara leading to realization. But we, the life, life story of Sri Ramakrishna, we find vichara is there and also accompanied by Nirvikalpa Samadhi. And often the stress is given too much on Nirvikalpa Samadhi. So what, what is this? Uh, what about Vedanta and Nirvikalpa Samadhi is also mentioned. Swami Bhuteshanandaji, who was a thoroughly trained classical Vedantist, he said, he used to speak very slowly, he said, in that case, you have to understand there is an element of yoga involved in it. When you say Vedanta plus Ramakrishna went into Nirvikalpa Samadhi, that is not pure classical Advaita Vedanta. That is uh, uh, an element of yoga also has been introduced into it. In Bengali, he said, If you want to go classical Advaita Vedanta, Shravana Manana Nididhyasana, enough. In the process of Nididhyasana, if you attain to Nirvikalpa Samadhi, you get extra bonus marks, but that is not part of this, this path which we are talking about. Now let us go into, so please hold on to the questions. Let me finish the next few verses and then we will come back. Now the great Mahavakya, Tattvamasi, the most famous one. So everybody has heard of Tattvamasi from the Chandogya Upanishad, that thou art. Fifth verse. Ekam eva dvitiyam sat nama rupa vivarjitam 
सृष्टे मीनिंग Six talks about twam, and then shows how the two are one and the same. So, um, remember the story that Shweta Ketu went to um, his father sent him for studies. Then he came back from the Guru Griha. His father sees that Shweta Ketu is coming, and Shweta Ketu looks quite arrogant. You know, he has studied so much, so his father wants to bring him down a notch. He has graduated and coming back. So he's thinking, what does this old man know? I know so much. Latest things I know. So his father asks, "Son, have you studied? Have they taught you that knowledge by knowing which everything is known?" Shweta Kishu is stunned. Such a knowledge was not taught by my guru. I've taught. I've been taught different branches of knowledge. So many things I know, but one knowledge by which everything is known, such a thing I don't even know that such a thing can exist. And how is it possible? by knowing chemistry you know everything in chemistry by knowing biology you know everything in biology but what is that by knowing which you know everything same question which shaunaka asked in the mundaka upanishad kasminnu bhagavo vigyate sarvamidam vigyatam bhavati iti sir what is that by knowing which everything can be known so this is we all, we all know the answer brahman but anyway so uh, he says this and then um, so please teach me sir He tells his father, and father starts teaching. So that is the teaching of the sixth chapter, where this tattva masi will come. And I think humorously commentator says there that uh, Shweta Ketu was afraid of being sent back to school again. So he asked his father, "You teach me, so I don't want to go back to school." <laughs> so his father starts teaching. His father says this this where it starts here. Sadeva samya idamagra asit. Before them, this universe was there. Pure being, existence alone was there. Then name and form came, and this entire universe was manifested. So, it's a grand way of expressing. Now, the question would be that at that time, idamagra before this, so billions and billions of years ago, before all this came into being, there was sat pure being. Now, the implication is right now, then sat does not exist. Right now, what exists? Names and this, this universe, um, matter and energy and plants and animals, stars and planets. that's what exists so brahman does not exist anymore before all this came brahman was there now brahman is not there sat was there now sat is not there this is no now also the same sat exists same sat exists before that blank screen now the screen is covered by a movie but the screen is definitely there the very existence of the movie proves that the screen is there without the screen no movie can play without brahman as existence nothing can appear existence when we say all this is there plant is um, uh, building is man is woman is star is notice is 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 what is that is we dismiss it but that is the most important ingredient that is that sat that isness that existence sat which was there before the appearance of the universe is also there now and that sat apart from name and form which name and form sat with name and form is what saguna brahman ishvara the god of the universe or in technical language vimaya upahita chaitanyam uh, but 
apart from name and form as existence itself that is the lakshyartha lakshyartha pure being and that is there even now how do you know how do you know screen is there where is the screen so there's nice story is there one sadhu used to tell that uh, uh, a little boy in a village was there who had never seen a movie imagine such a boy is there and his father said i will take you to the town to show you a movie in a cinema hall so they went and on the way the father told the little boy see there will be a screen on which pictures will come and go and sound will be there and that is called a film or movie so when they entered the hall the movie has started and this is important because when we enter into life and we don't say first sat is there and then life starts no we are in the middle of the movie we are thrown into the middle of the movie so everything is the father mother is there um, school is there our own body is there friends and brothers and sisters are there and so samsara starts we are in the middle of the plot of the movie so the child gets absorbed in the movie after some time he asks the father father where is the screen he said there will be a screen and on that movie will play where is the screen so i often imagine it is like mahabharata movie or something like that and uh, uh, in fact the first movie i ever saw was a ramayana movie these days people will laugh they'll think it's a joke and you know they were shooting arrows and on top of the arrow they had put those special effect sparklers fulgury that uh, so that will be sparkling like like and they will shoot the arrows and that was a special effect in those days um anyway so the father says there that is the screen oh you mean that chariot arjuna is standing on the chariot that that arjuna is the screen no no behind behind arjuna just behind oh you mean the krishna is the screen no no behind them the chariot no no behind all that oh the battlefield is screen no no behind all of it behind the battlefield only sky is there behind that also behind that yes behind all of that oh i see the whole thing is the screen the father says yes whole thing is screen then the child thinks oh battlefield chariot krishna um, arjuna sky earth all together is called screen father says no 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 you remove all that that is screen oh then that screen means nothing shunyam how will the father point out the screen because whatever he points to there is a nama roopa and immediately the child thinks that is it if you deny the nama roopa the child will think nothing zero shunyam similarly the sat is there behind all nama roopa here existence we are feeling it all the time we miss it all the time because we we think it is a human being it is a sofa it is a building but there itself it is shining out with the arnamuni he tries to point it out in drigdrishya uh, viveka independent well maybe it's not written by vidyarnya there is a little controversy but the five factors asti bhati priyam nama roopa so existence appearance and uh, the dearness or or attraction for us and name and form so asti bhati priyam is common to everything and name and form is the differentiating factor so he analyzes in every experience we have these five things three of them adyatrayam brahma roopam tato dvayam jagat roopam name and form is called jagat and they have no existence apart from the screen from brahman without the screen no movie without existence no universe so that that the screen itself existence itself he says adhuna api 
right now in the middle of samsara you don't have to wait for mahapralaya when the whole name and form will be removed only sat will be there don't have to wait for that you don't have to wait for nirvikalpa samadhi when every all the name and form will be removed only sat will be there you don't have to wait for that right now in the middle of the movie is the screen there or not although you can't notice it separately is it there or not certainly it is there how do you know because i'm seeing the movie in the same way because i'm experiencing the world sat is there as existence as isness in every experience sat is being revealed just as in every experience of the pot clay alone is being revealed in every experience of the wave water alone is being revealed in every experience of the universe sat alone is being revealed adhunapi adhunapi asya tadriktvam exactly in the same way as it existed before the creation of the universe sat is still there absolutely untouched pure being is still there very important point for us why to be enlightened you don't have to remove the universe this is an important thing which comes out in advaita vedanta as against patanjali yoga or sankhya in patanjali yoga or sankhya prakriti and purusha have to be separated for enlightenment prakriti is separate purusha is separate yoga accomplishes that through asampragyata samadhi in advaita vedanta one sadhu put it very well in uttarakhand advait pratiti ko mitane ke liye nahi hai advaita is not meant for for erasing your experience of the universe advait aapko pratiti mein nirvad banata hai vyavahar mein nirvad banata hai what a beautiful statement advaita makes you this no way of translating nirvada limitless unafraid free in vyavahara in your very existence in the body in family in so called in all this this name and form in life and in death it makes you absolutely free absolutely fearless absolutely happy and relaxed because you know adhunapi in the midst of this storm going on i am that and that alone exists tadriktvam asti brahman alone exists although it appears to be a tragedy or comedy screen alone exists whether it's a tragedy movie or a comedy movie what is there actually screen if you go and touch it you will not touch the hero or the villain or or car or you know there's a huge explosion is the screen burned not at all not even a bit there is a huge flood in the movie is the screen wet not even one drop of water is there similarly from the perspective of sat nothing at all no problem at all is there you don't have to wipe out your experience of the universe you don't have to wait for mahapralaya for liberation you don't have to wait for samadhi for liberation you don't have to wait for sushupti for liberation liberation is here and now ever present it is your own nature it is our spiritual heritage you just have to claim it so advaita makes it so direct unconditional so no at least it depends on knowledge we must get brahma gyana liberation does not depend on knowledge your dukha nivritti depends on knowledge your liberation is assured for you you are mukta already buddha mukta swabhav but ignorance is dispelled by knowledge and the result of ignorance sorrow that is dispelled by knowledge so this is sat that sat is called tat in the tattvamasi now sixth, sixth verse will take care of next word tvam tvam 
sixth verse shrotur dehindriyatitam vastvatratvam paderitam ekatagrahyate siti tadaikyam anubhuyatam so this oneness of tat and tvam what is tvam shrotur deha deha indriya atitam vastu atratvam paderitam by the word tvam what is meant you you shvetaketu that is only vachartha you this young man that is tvam you are being mentioned as you that is only vachartha that is not the actual meaning of tvam the actual meaning of tvam is shrotur deha indriya atitam vastu the vastu the reality which in you your reality which transcends your body mind pancha kosha vilakshana atma deha traya vilakshana atma avastha traya sakshi atma so when i say tvam when the guru says tvam to the disciple immediate understanding is i this fellow and the lakshyaartha which you get by jahada jahad lakshana technical that what we did yesterday the lakshyaartha is not the body not the prana not the mind not the buddhi not even the causal state the anandamaya pancha kosha vilakshana the sakshi the witness of the five annamaya pranamaya manomaya vigyanamaya anandamaya vilakshana atma pancha kosha sakshi atma that consciousness which is the witness of all of them not the consciousness which is involved in vigyanamaya that's already empirical consciousness but the consciousness which is the witness and illuminer of the five sheets that is called deha indriya atitam vastu so atitam does not mean something outside and from this body is there and the atma is somewhere there no it is right here just like i will say water is the atitam vastu of wave in the wave there is water only but water transcends the wave in what sense before the wave it was water during the wave it is water and it is nothing but water at that time it only appears to be a wave nama rupa vyavahara name form and function is of a wave and when the wave forms subsides still we continue to be water water transcends the name and form of wave similarly chit or sat transcends the name and form of body mind so the consciousness which is the witness of body mind and the pure existence which is the ground of this universe we will he will say tat tvamasi lakshyartha tat pure being lakshyartha tvam pure awareness witness consciousness the two are same ekata grahyate asi it when you say tat tvam asi the two are one lakshyartha tat pure being or sat lakshyartha tvam pure consciousness sakshi chaitanyam ekamasi tat is tvam you are that or thou art that tad aikyam anubhuyatam here is the question which is again and again being asked uh, he says you have to experience this oneness what do you mean experience this oneness hmm. careful here if you say now i have to i have read this now i have to sit in nirvikalpa samadhi and experience it then advaita siddhanta will be in trouble experience this oneness means already this oneness is there already the experience of oneness also is there it has to be uncovered shankaracharya in his uh, commentary on the isha upanishad isha vasyam idam sarvam there he says that um, um, that 
ईशावास्यम इदम सरुम यकिन जगत्याम जगत सो ईशावास्यम एवरीथिंग इज कवर्ड बाय द लॉर्ड मेन शंकराचार्य सेज द लॉर्ड इज इन एवरीथिंग ईशा इज इन एवरीथिंग वास्यम इज मींस टू बी कवर्ड दिस इज टू बी कवर्ड मींस टू बी अनकवर्ड ऑलरेडी देयर द लॉर्ड इज कवरिंग एवरीथिंग एक्चुअली बट इट हैज टू बी अनकवर्ड एंड अनकवर्ड मींस टू बी डिस्कवर्ड so in the same way sat is there everywhere it has to be discovered by a process so aikya manubhuyatam means not a new experience very important not that you will have to have now i have got lot of experiences now we'll have a new experience called aikya experience no aikya experience actually already is there it has to be just uncovered or discovered and vedanta helps you to do that all right that is the famous tatvamasi now let us go on to the next one the last one ayam atma brahma from mandukya upanishad atharva veda mahavakya by now we have got the hang of it take the mahavakya one word will definitely mean jiva me this fellow one word will mean ishvara the two are said to be one they cannot be one jiva and ishvara never one so we have to go from vachyartha to lakshyartha and lakshyartha has to be taken by this jahadajad lakshana i means not body mind but witness consciousness god does not mean satchidananda with maya but pure being only and the two are one and that is already an established fact and i have to note this fact recognize this fact stay with this fact the staying with this fact is called nididhyasan we will talk about that now i am atma brahma this very self is brahman i am what a beautiful indication i am means anguli nirdesha this one i am normally refers to something present here this book can be called i am this one but even closer than this not even this body even closer than this not even the mind even closer no zero distance i myself is meant by i am i am atma brahma number 7 saprakasha parokshatvam ayam ityu वेदांत luminous means that which can which which has its own light so self luminous means that which reveals other things and also reveals itself so the bulb the shining bulb here when room was in darkness when i switch on this bulb it reveals everything in this room but the bulb itself that the shining bulb we don't need one more bulb to reveal it it reveals itself and everything else so it is called luminous or self luminous swaprakasha but is it really swaprakasha no why the moment i close my eyes no luminosity dark open my eyes i can see light so eyes are revealing that little light bulb light bulb may be revealing everything but it will not work without my eyes but eyes are open eyes are functioning my mind is distracted i'm not seeing the light i'm not seeing the room so mind revealing the eyes and eyes are revealing that bulb and that bulb is revealing everything else who is revealing mind alone but the mind itself every content of the mind 
every movement, every vritti in the mind is revealed by consciousness. Chaitanya. That Chaitanya is the only Swaprakasha. Upanishad speaks about it again and again. Beautiful poetry. Nagatra Suryo Bhati Nasandra Karakam Mema Vidyuto Bhanti Kuto Yamadni Tameva Bhantam Anubhati Sarvam Tasya Bhasa Sarvam Idam Vivati. What beautiful uh, poetry. Katopanishad, um, uh, yeah, it, it reveals that sun does not reveal it, moon does not reveal it, lightning does not reveal it, stars do not reveal it. Um, fire, what can mere mortal fire do? But that shining, everything else shines. By its light, everything is lit up. You shining, you means not your shining face. <laughs> you the consciousness, you shining, everything else shines. By your light, everything is lit up. What do you mean everything? By you, by your light, first your mind is lit up. And then with the lit up mind, you are aware of the body and the senses. With the body and senses, by that you, by that you, the consciousness, the body and senses can now sense. They see forms, hear sound, smell uh, uh, fragrance, taste pleasant and unpleasant taste, touch hard and soft, hot and cold. They can think, infer, imagine, create. All of those things are possible because of one light shining there, which is you. You shining, everything shines. By your light, everything is lit up. That, that light is, that is consciousness, that is our real nature. So that is called Svaprakasha. Aparoksha, directly revealed. So three things remember. Paroksha, Pratyaksha, Aparoksha. So paroksha, the Pratyaksha means that which is revealed by our senses. So I see forms, Pratyaksha. I hear sound, Pratyaksha. I smell, I taste, I touch, all protection. Everything directly revealed to my senses is protection. But that which is beyond the limit of my senses, there are some things I cannot see. I have to believe or I have to infer. Lot of scientific truth is inference. You test, gather data and then make hypothesis and test for that. You get inferential knowledge. That is paroksha jnana, not protection. Um, or books. So here Paroksha Jnana will include religion and science both. Heaven exists. By this yajna you will go to heaven after death. What kind of knowledge? Paroksha. At least until we go there and see heaven for ourselves. Uh, until that, we are not aiming for that. Remember as Advaitins we are aiming for Sadhya Mukti, Moksha here and now in this life itself. But if you go to heaven and see, then heaven will become Pratyaksha. Until that time, book tells me that there is heaven. Paroksha. Or by inference, scientific methodology have come to an understanding of certain things. Paroksha. So Pratyaksha and Paroksha. Now, my own existence, is it Pratyaksha or Paroksha? Do I believe in it? So, were you there in the Zoom meeting? Prabhuji will look into the names of the people attending and then he will say, yes, he was there or she was there. So, look at the names and then report. But if I ask you, were you there in the Zoom meeting? Will you look at Lisa Wait, Swami, let me see the names. Am I there or not? Then I'll say, yes, I, I am there. No, you will never do that. You are directly aware of your own presence. That is called Aparoksha. Not Paroksha, but not Pratyaksha also. More than Pratyaksha. More than Paroksha, more than Pratyaksha. Directly revealed to yourself. Atma is always directly revealed. A little distinction here. Little distinction. 
our minds the vrittis of the mind thoughts in the mind they are also directly revealed my when my thought comes good thought bad thought vedantic thought worldly thought how do i know the thought it is directly revealed by sakshi the sakshi um, sakshi pratyaksha directly sakshi uh, shines on it so the contents of my mind are directly revealed to me so the contents of my mind are aparoksha they do not depend on sense organs they do not depend on inference or belief they are directly revealed to the sakshi all the time my own contents of my mind if you make that distinction then the sakshi will be not only aparoksha it's called sakshad aparoksha upanishadic language sakshad aparokshad atma is direct immediate <laughs> direct immediate sakshad aparoksha if you make that distinction then four distinctions will be there atma is sakshad aparoksha mind antakarana contents are aparoksha and sense organ sense perceptions are pratyaksha and the distant things which you believe or you infer are paroksha anyway but atma is sakshad aparoksha or just aparoksha he says saprakasha aparoksha aparokshatvam ayam the word ayam means all of this see saprakashatva is a huge subject what is the nature of the atma the most direct word is saprakasha directly available to us right now if you can catch that illumination is immediate the directly shining atma right now our own nature definition of swaprakasha in chitsukacharya he spends page after page 11 definition of swaprakasha what is swaprakasha how to define that so swaprakasha aparokshatvam ayam itti uktita matam by this saying this word ayam atma ayam means all of this what we just discussed now ahankaradi dehantat pratyagatmeti kiyate so this is the one indwelling consciousness in the body mind what is body mind from ahankara up to physical body from anandamaya is not mentioned from vigyanamaya up to uh, annamaya but you have to include anandamaya also the whole panchakosha is body mind system and this one is the shining consciousness which illumines everything this is the meaning of ayam atma if you go to mandukya upanishad where all this is found ayam atma brahma remember so ayam atma chatushpat this self has four aspects four aspects then we all know it going go on to describe the waker who experiences the world through senses and a material world outside the waker and the waker's world vishwa and jagrat prapancha that is one aspect of the self second aspect taijasa the dreamer and experiencing a dream world projected in the mind without any senses uh, just in the mind so taijasa and uh, swapna prapancha the world of dreams second aspect of the self third aspect the deep sleeper pragya experiencing the blankness the potential blankness of deep sleep Uh, sushupti prapancha i will not say it is the merged uh, resolved state of samsara and sushupti this is the third aspect of the self but the self in itself what what is meant by ayam atma here is the fourth turiya which is shining in and through all of this to whom these three are revealed in the causal state the same turiya is pragya and sushupti avastha in the subtle state the same turiya 
is Taijasa and Swapna Prapancha. And in the gross state, the same Turiya now appears as the Vishwa and the Jagrat Prapancha. But in and through all of them is this fourth, the fourth aspect of the self. Now, very interesting. Now we know, we have got the machinery in our hands, the tools, Vatyartha and Lakshartha. Vatyartha of Atma, Vatyartha, direct meaning of Atma is that which we, which, which we are all familiar. What, we all know it. What is it? Right now, waker and my world. I am Vishwa and this is the Jagrat. When I dream, I am the Taijas and that is my Swapna. When I am deep sleep, in deep sleep, I am Pragya and that is my deep sleep. This is called Vachyartha of Atma in Mandukya terms. What is the Lakshyartha, the real Atma? The fourth, not the three, the fourth, which is Turiyam. So what Vedanta does is the ego, which is connected with the three, waker, dreamer, deep sleeper, waking world, dream world, deep sleep world. And the ego is connected with the three, samsara. What Vedanta does is it detaches the reference of the I, aham, and connects it with the Turiyam. With I am Brahman, not waking, dreaming, deep sleep, not Vishwa, Taijasa, Pragya, not Jagrat, Swapna, Sushupti, not the Sthula, Gross, Sukshma, Subtle, Karana, Causal, not those three. They are appearances, name and form. They are Maya. Shankaracharya says Maya Sankhya Turiyam. Maya Sankhya Turiyam means Counting through Maya, Atma becomes fourth. This one is fourth. But actually Atma is the one. There's only one reality. Those three are not real. They are appearances, name and form. Vachyartha is an appearance. Lakshyartha is the reality. Turiya is the Lakshyartha. Now, that is in the Mandukya terms. Number eight. I am Atma Brahma. So what is the meaning of Brahma? By now we know the reality of the entire universe. Drishya manasya sarvasya jagatastatvam iriyate brahma shabdena tad brahma svaprakashatma rupakam The essence of the entire universe, name, name and form universe, is denoted by the word Brahman. That Brahman is of the nature of self-luminous Atma. Self-luminous Atma, Swaprakasha, Paroksha Atma, which we just discussed, the Turiya, uh, which is the witness of the three states. That Turiya is the reality of the entire universe. Drishya Manasya Sarvasya. Whatever you see, not just see, hear, smell, taste, touch, with our scientific investigation, furthest galaxy and the smallest uh, particle, quarks and all, whatever you discover, one thing is common to all of them. They exist. You say, so yes, of course they exist. That's why we are, um, are um, discovering them. No, their essence, their reality is existence. You're investigating what is this universe? We have gone from matter to particles of matter, from atoms to subatomic particles, to protons and neutrons, to quarks. Now you're talking about string theory. One, one um, philosopher, Galen Strawson, who is in UT, Texas. So he says, the hard problem of matter. There is no, he says, there is no hard problem of consciousness. Consciousness is most evident. We are all aware of consciousness. It is matter which is the mystery. 
He says, as we investigate matter, as physics investigates matter, matter is disappearing before our very eyes. Where is matter? What is the truth about matter? Is space, time, matter, energy, which is so real to us, the more you investigate, the more mysterious it is becoming. Um, there is this book, Why Does the World Exist? Jim Holt, I highly recommended. <laughs> uh, very interesting book. So this journalist, Jim Holt, who goes around and asks scientists, mathematicians, the leading thinkers of today, Sir Roger Penrose and so many people, philosophers, scientists, mathematicians, philosophers, uh, information science specialists, like uh, computer scientists, um, religious people, theologians. He asked this question, why does anything exist at all? Not that why this thing exists or that thing exists. Science can answer that. Why does any, it could be nothing. Why is there something rather than nothing? The, the final question, why does this universe exist? So in one of the chapters, he considers that the Greek idea for reality, word for reality is hylomorph. Structure and stuff. So here is a structure. And the stuff is paper. The structure is this book. So structure, hyla and morph. That is structure and stuff. But he says when we investigate matter, the physical universe, all we are getting is structures. The stuff of the universe is becoming smaller and smaller and disappearing. Where is the stuff here? We are only getting structure. When I read that, what is structure? Name and form. The more you investigate the universe, what you discover more and more name and form only. The reality of that name and form, what gives it that name and form is disappearing before our very eyes. Stephen Hawking called it, what gives fire to the equations? Equations are describing the structure of the universe, how it functions. But what gives the reality to it? Vedanta says, you give the reality to it. You, not this person, not even the scientist, the sat, the chit. This is what we have to discover. So in that book, you might be curious, does he talk about Vedanta? Because Vedanta is the ultimate answer to this question. What is this universe? What is the reality of this universe? Vedanta answers this, both of these questions. What is the reality of the universe? And what is our reality? Where is this answer? Each Mahavakya gives you the answer. The reality of the universe is Tat. Your reality is Tvam. Lakshyata, always Lakshyata. Reality of the universe, Brahman. Reality of this, you, 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 I am Atma. Always Mahavakya gives the answer to both of these questions. So does this book, Jim Holt's book at all, talk about Vedanta? At the end it does. He talks to a, one of the greatest American philosophers who passed away recently, Robert Nozick. Uh, he was a philosopher of my mind, Robert Nozick. I have not read any of his books, but um, one philosopher told me, leading philosopher said, Oh Maharaj, he was... He was an uh, Advaitin, not in the formal sense, but he was fascinated by Vedanta. So he was asked by this Jim Holt, what do you think? And Robert Nozick says, perhaps the ancient Hindus were right. And Brahman is the only reality of this universe. And then Jim Holt, I think one or two lines he says, but then he says, no, no, this is a crazy idea that you are the reality of the universe, how it can be. And then he goes on, some other theory goes on. <laughs> he touches upon it once. What is crazy about it and why is it wrong? He has no answer to that, but he just moves on. So anyway, um, now in the last verse, he completes the analysis of Ayamatma Brahma. Drishya Manasya Sarvasya. All that we experience in this universe, past, present and future, large and small, all names and forms. The reality of that, Jagata Tattvam Yiryate Brahma Shabdena. 
reality of this universe. What is that reality? You can keep on saying Brahma, what not. But what is it made of? Sat, being, isness. We live in an ocean of isness. Tad Brahma. That Brahman is, so where, what is it really? Svaprakashatma Rupakam. You deep Svaprakashaparokshatma. That is Brahman only. What I said earlier, Mahavakya takes your absolutely certain shining existence and shows it to be infinite. No limitation. I am the pure consciousness. It's not so difficult to understand. I'm the witness of body and mind, but I have a sense of limitation. What's the sense of limitation? I am the witness consciousness, but apart from me, clearly mind is there, body is there, and so many billions of other entities are there. I am the witness of all of this, but they are all apart from me. This is Sankhya. When you realize they are not apart from you, if you ask, how do I realize I am consciousness, I understand, but this universe is not apart from me, it is I alone, how will I realize that? By shouting does not make it so. Then you have to ask yourself the question, what is the relationship between consciousness and object? What is the relationship between subject and object? The two are separate, easy to understand. That we have already done. Drigdrishya Viveka, Panchakosha Viveka, Avasthatra Viveka, all of that shows you consciousness is separate from uh, the object. You are separate. You are you're the witness of it. They are changing, you are unchanging. You are the subject, that is the object. You are consciousness, that is Jada. Your Chaitanya is Jada. So they are different. But different, what relation is there between them? Multiple answers. So Sadhus put it in very nice ways. Uh, first, he says, first understand you are different from it. Pehle vivek karlo. Uske baad nautanki hai ya cinema hai. Ye baad mein pata chalega. What does it mean? Very interesting. First, you realize you are in the audience. You are not part of the drama. Suffering is caused by drama. Samsara is a drama. If you can see that you are the witness of this drama, you are actually you are. Witness of the drama outside, witness of the drama of this body, witness of the drama of this mind. And daily, three shows or two shows. Jagrat Sopna show is there and then little gap is there, Sushupti. And then again the new show will start. You are the witness of this if you can realize. First of all, you will be safe. But what are you witnessing? Are you witnessing Nautanki or a theater in which actual stage is there in front of you? Actors are coming and doing something. They're actually there separate from you. That's one. Or is it a cinema? Nothing is actually there. Just projection of light and sound. So, Nautanki hai ya cinema hai ye baad mein pata chalega. Pehle apna vivek karlo. You are in the audience. You are not part of the drama. You will be saved from the suffering. Now, this drama which is going on, is it a Nautanki? If you say yes, it is, then you are Sankhyan. Purusha is watching Prakriti. Prakriti is real. But if you say it's a cinema and it's appearing in me, I am the screen, the awareness in which a cinema is appearing, like a dream, then you are Advaitin. If you are watching cinema, Advaitin. Watching a Nautanki, Broadway show, then Sankhyan. <laughs> okay, so this is the meaning. Now, let me take the questions. Namaste, Swamiji. Uh, I am a newcomer to this. Um... Advaita Vedanta uh, philosophy. I am a student of Bhagavad Gita. Yes. Uh, and uh, 
I have known these four Mahavakyas before and I tried to understand them as much as I could from your discourse. When I cross-referred to Bhagavad Gita, I uh, came across two verses from chapter two. Hmm. And I asked that this question because Bhagavad Gita, they say, is Sarvopanishado Gavo. As that verse says, it is the essence of all the Upanishads. Yes, yes. And Upanishads are part of a Jnana Kanda of every Veda, as I understand from what you said today. There is Karma Kanda followed by Jnana Kanda in every Veda. Is that correct understanding? Correct. Right? Yes, certainly. Okay. So the two verses are from chapter 2, number 45. Traigunya Vishaya Veda Nistraigunya Bhavarjuna Nirdvandva Nitya Satvastva Niryoga Kshema Atmavan. And next one, Yavanartha Udapane Sarvata Samplutodake Tavan Sarveshu Vedeshu Brahmanasya Vijanata. When I take the literal meaning of this, they are kind of putting down the Vedas. But from what I heard, these two days and what I know from four Mahavakyas, Vedas are the essence of our, as of our understanding of Advaita Vedanta. So how do I reconcile this? Or, hmm. Right. Let me give you in gist the answer you will understand. You have been studying the Gita for so long. So what is meant there it is direct in indication towards Advaitic knowledge is given there. When he says Nistrai Gunya Bhavarjuna, Traigunya Vishaya Veda, what it is referring to is the Karmakanda of the Vedas, the Karmakanda of the Vedas refers to things which you can get in Prakriti in this world and in the next world. In this world, whatever you can get or Swarga which you can get after death, these are the things which are referred to in Karmakanda. You know, you know, the Yajnas, somebody wants victory, somebody wants rainfall, somebody wants to conquer other kingdoms or wants children. So all these stories we read, they perform the Yajnas. All the Yajnas will give you Ihaloka Phalam and also Paraloka. By performing them, you get enough Punyam, which takes you after death to give you the experience of various heavens. All these are Traigunya Vishaya. They are all made of three Gunas. Sattva Rajasthamas. But real knowledge, the Atman, is beyond the three gunas, is the witness of the three gunas, is the Adhara, the ground of the three gunas. Three gunas are Maya, and Atman is beyond Maya. Krishna is telling Arjuna, the first portion of the Vedas, which, which you are very well acquainted, all the Yajnas which you have been doing as a religious Kshatriya, they are all about this world or the next world. You transcend all this. And realize your Atman, which is witness of the three, three Gunas. Now, how do you do that? When you realize that, what will be the result? In various little ponds and wells and tap, whatever water you get, water for washing, water for cooking, water for bathing, water for cleaning. When there is a flood of water all around, you don't have to go to various little sources. Everything you get all at once. What does it mean? All the desires of our life, which you are satisfying in various ways, by worldly and Vedic means, 
Worldly means by earning money, studying, um, and enjoying life. Vedic means by performing various yagyas and getting the results. Little by little, you are satisfied. And at once, you cannot satisfy all desires. And there is no end to this process. This is samsara, this life. After that, going to heaven. Again, coming back to this life. This is the cycle of samsara. This is what is going on. But at one stroke, you can get everything. You can satisfy all desires. Just like when there is flood water, you don't have to go to various little outlets for water. You can get all water for cooking, bathing, drinking, washing. Everything can be got. Everything is available altogether. Similarly, you can get it by becoming Brahmagyana. Brahmanasya Vijanata. The Brahmagyani, the one who has realized Brahman, I am that. All desires are satisfied at one stroke. Why? What does it mean? You know, in Taittiriya Upanishad, Brahmananda Valli, So Ashnute Sarvan Kamansaha, Brahmana Vipashtiteti. By realizing Brahman, all desires of the heart are fulfilled. Does it mean that your Christmas wish list, New Year shopping, Everything you will get, what is called Black Friday shopping. All items will arrive by Amazon Prime together. Is that, does that mean, does, is that Brahma Jnana? No. You will realize something, your own infinite nature, after which you have no more desires. Nothing else matters after that. Yang labdhvana chaparam labham manyate tato In the Gita, by realizing which, nothing higher remains to be got. Yasmin sthito dukkhena guruna api navichalyate. By being established in which your nature as Brahman, the heaviest of sorrows, note, sorrows will come at the level of body, problems will come. Body will age, disease will come, one day body will die, it is nothing to you. Na gurunabhi vichalit, dukkhena gurunabhi vichalitate. Heaviest of tragedy cannot shake you. That you have got. After this, what remains to be got? Nothing at all. So that is the meaning. Next question is from Jayesh Dalalji. Nidityasana is defined as contemplation. To me, that sounds very similar to meditation. Please explain one more time the differences between the two terms. Yes. Nidityasana or contemplation is actually meditation. But there is a very big difference between yogic meditation or meditation in bhakti traditions and the Nidityasana of Advaita Vedanta. First of all, we must understand the purposes are different. They may look alike. In both cases, Advaita Vedanta is sitting like this and the yogi is also sitting like this. So they may look alike from outside. But the purposes are different. Techniques are different. So in yogic meditation, the idea is disturbance of the mind is the obstacle. If the mind can be calmed, enlightenment will be gained. Yoga chitta vritti nirodhaha. The cessation of the vrittis of the mind First by making it one-pointed, Savikalpa Samadhi or Sampragnata Samadhi, and then removing the vrittis altogether uh, in intense absorption, Sampragnata Samadhi. What will happen? What is the result of this? Tada drashtu swarupe avasthanam. Then the witness consciousness will be realized in its own nature. That it is the consciousness apart from the mind. A mind is absolutely calm, and apart from the mind you realize. Swami Vivekananda in his commentary on Raja Yoga, which is Patanjali Yoga Sutra, he says, like a lake, when the lake is absolutely clear, water is pure, and still, then you can see right through to the bottom of the lake. 
Similarly, you experience that you are apart from the mind, which is absolutely calm. Otherwise, what happens if the mind is restless? Next sutra says, Vritti Sarupya Mitaratra. Other than the calm, yogic, samadhi state of the mind, when the mind is into several vrittis, we become identified with it. I am angry. I am happy. I am miserable. I am curious. I am bored. Or in identification with body, I am feeling sick. I am feeling tired. I, the consciousness, who cannot be happy or sad, who cannot be sick or tired, I impose all of this upon myself. So the only solution is to calm down the mind. Says who? Yogi. Not Advaitin. Advaita position is quite different. Advaita position is that, O oh Yogi, when the mind is calm, you are witness consciousness. When the mind is not calm, what are you? Oh, I just said, Vritti Sarupi Mitratra become identified. Even when you are identified with the movements of the mind, are you the witness consciousness or not? Or have you become the mind? If you say you are the witness consciousness, then actually, whether the mind is at rest or the mind is moving, whether the mind is happy or it is meditative and peaceful or it is disturbed, in every case, you are exactly the same witness consciousness. And this has to be discovered through Viveka. If you want to calm down the mind, if you want to quieten the mind in Samadhi, you are welcome. It is a very good thing. But that is not the way. Advaita Vedanta says, by a Viveka, a Mahavakya Viveka, by an inquiry, you must discover that you are the witness consciousness. Just sitting quietly will not help. That is the Advaitic objection. So Advaitic meditation is, first do Shravana. Very big difference. In yogic meditation, you must study the yoga sutras, the commentaries, then start practicing. If you don't practice yogic meditation, nothing will be gained. Most important thing in yogic meditation is to practice the meditation, not to read the book. That is preliminary. But in Advaita, the most important thing is Shravana. You must hear it again and again. A fact is being told to you. Just by hearing about Samadhi, will not get Samadhi. You have to practice Samadhi. But by hearing about the Atman, you will realize because you are already the Atman. It is just not clear to us yet. It becomes clear by repeated hearing. So Shravana is most important. And Manana and Nididhyasana, meditation, Vedantic meditation is only for removing problems, obstacles. When we do Shravana, two kinds of problems come. They are called Asambhavana and Viparita Bhavana. Asambhavana, Yes, I know you are telling me that I am Saprakasha, Paroksha, Chaitanya. I don't think so. I am this fellow. Impossibility. What you are saying is not possible. That problem is taken, tackled by uh, Mananam. Tell me, where is it? Where are you getting stuck? Where is your objection? Every objection is taken up and, and answered. Mananam. Once objections are answered, we get convictions. I not only know the teaching, but I am now convinced about it. Now what is your problem? Still does not feel real. I still behave like body and mind. I understand I am the witness consciousness, but I react to life as if I am this body. This is called Viparita Bhavana, contrary tendency. What you understand, what you are convinced about, your behavior is opposite to it. So how do you take, take care of that? Why is it happening? Because of conditioning. Remember, body and mind are machines. They have been conditioned through many lives of practice of being jiva. Very difficult to give up. Inertia of motion. 
so that has to be deconditioned dehypnotized in vivekananda's language so dehypnotization is to stay with your what you have heard and you are convinced with stay with it notice keep noticing i am the witness uh, consciousness that is nididhyasana one big practical difference between yogic meditation and nididhyasana yogic meditation you have to sit quietly and meditate not only yama niyama but asana brahma sutra this is sutra asino sambhavat please practice meditation while sitting so no buddhist walking meditation is there <laughs> yes walking meditation is there that also in a very safe environment don't practice walking meditation on broadway you will get knocked over so asino sambhavat is a long story about it why meditation should be practiced while sitting so posture is important breathing is important then you have to withdraw the mind asana pranayama pratyahara then only dharana dhyana samadhi focus meditate samadhi that is yogic meditation but vedantic advaitic nididhyasana is different you can do all of that and do very good advaitic nididhyasana but you need not with eyes open one can do advaitic right now itself one can do advaitic nididhyasana while watching the computer how there are so many um, good indicators in drigdrishya vivek you will find six methods of advaitic nididhyasana drigdrishya vivek at the end aparoksha anubhuti you will find 15 methods 15 methods at the end from verse number 100 onwards shankaracharya gives 15 methods and quite mischievously compares with yogic meditation he says pranayama so each of them, he just takes the yogic names but gives advaitic meaning he takes yogic terms and gives nididhyasan meanings how pranayama we know that breath control is important for meditation when the breath is when the mind is restless breath will be restless also so when the breath is calmed mind also will be calm how do you calm the breath regular even breathing see all of these are good when i am talking in favor of nididhyasan i am not denying yogic meditation in the aparokshanubhuti shankaracharya at the end he says i may have made fun of it but remember yogic meditation is very good for uh, our beginners it is a good foundation for all of us most of us our minds are restless so yogic meditation is very good as a good practice so pranayam for example let me give you one example how the two differ pranayam in yogic meditation pranayam we know rech um, puraka kumbhaka rechaka puraka you breathe in then hold the breath you have a count you know you breathe in for two counts hold the breath for um, uh, eight counts and then release for four counts puraka then kumbhaka hold then rechaka breathe out again puraka hold breathe out rechaka this is yogic meditation pranayama minimum pranayama there are higher and higher levels and it will very quickly calm down your mind but that's the only effect it will calm down your mind what is advaitic prana nididhyasana so shankaracharya he says breathing out advaitic prana is uh, pranayam starts with breathing out what is breathing out as i breathe out i realize that i am not this world world jagat mithya i am not the body not the mind not the intellect apancha kosha vilakshana i am not neti neti breathing out then breathing the in aham brahmasmi i am brahman then holding the breath i stay as brahman 
Now remember, it has actually nothing to do with the breath. Your breathing has no connection. It's just upalakshana matra. That you realize I am not body-mind. I am the witness consciousness. This witness consciousness is Brahman. Stay there. That is Vedantic Pranayama. Advaitic Pranayama. It's an entirely exercise in cognition and understanding. And then, of course, he gives a little twist. At the end, verse he says, Anyastu um, uh, And what those fellows do, it is torture of the nose. They're torturing the nose. <laughs> Your yogis are torturing the nose like this. Yeah. So this is Nididhyasana. Remember, not making fun of yogic pranayam or yogic meditation. Very, very useful, very helpful, very much recommended. But you must, as the question is good, one must understand the difference between Advaita and yoga. I met one sadhu, Shiva Harigiri, young boy, Nepali boy in Gangotri. So he used to live in a cave and meditate. I asked him, what are you trying to do? Samadhi laga I'm trying to attain Samadhi. Uh, so he said, once I nearly came close to Samadhi, but I became scared and I jumped up and ran away. So if you jump up and run away, you'll never attain Samadhi. Anyway, then I asked him, Aapko Vedant kaisa lagta hai? Advait. So uh, he said, how do you like Vedanta, Advaita? Because I know before taking sannyas, they have to do minimum, at least to read the uh, Upanishads, Bhashyas, and then these have to read once at least. And many of them don't know Sanskrit, so they have to read in Hindi, at least those Gita, Prish, Gorakhpur books are there. That much also is they can do. So he must have read. I said, Vedanta, Advaita, kaise lagta hai? Shiva Hari Giri. See, his Giri means his Dashnami Sampradaya. So he actually belongs to the Advaita Parampara. Advaita, kaise lagta? How do you like Vedanta, Advaita? He said, Thik hai. Oh, bahut baat karte hai. Anubhuti nahi hai unka. They talk a lot. They don't have... So when he sees us, he'll be very critical. You fellows are just on Zoom, you're sitting and talking. You should do samadhi lagana sahiye. So that's a, that's a yogic understanding. Next. In the Mahavakyas, the equation is done with Saguna Brahman and not Nirguna Brahman. Please help us understand. Yes. So would it not be easier? Somebody should have thought of this, that would it not be easier? Say, Aham Brahmasmi. I am Nirguna Brahman. Finished. All this Jahad Lakshana, Ajahad Lakshana, you know pulling out hairs, hair splitting discussion. What is the need of all of this? I am Brahman, finished. It will not work. It will not work. Why? The moment I say I, what do I mean? I mean body-mind. Automatically. That is Vachyartha. You have to go from there to I am not the body, not the prana, not the mind, not the intellect, not the causal sheath. I'm Panchakosha, Sakshi, Atma, then you're going to Lakshyartha only. So Lakshyartha you have to take, otherwise the equation is not possible. Someone might say, all right, take Lakshyartha for I, I understand, to vichara for oneself, then arrive at pure consciousness and say that is it, I am pure consciousness. Why go to Jagat Karanam Brahma and all of that, bring all that in? If you do that, what will happen? I asked a great scholar once, I asked, uh, why not do just Atma Vichara? He said, no. That is what yogis do or Sankhyans do. You will arrive. At that point, you will arrive as the witness consciousness of this body. Fine. Not a, not a minor thing. A big step. But then that's the end of it. You will feel mind and body are...
Brahman because the words cannot denote Nirguna Brahman. Language cannot refer to Nirguna Brahman directly. Shankaracharya, he clearly says, Shabda Prabhritti Nimitta Rahitatvat Abhyapadeshyam Brahman Turiyam cannot be referred to by any word. Why? Because Nirguna Brahman is beyond all language. Why is it beyond all language? Language requires one of the five, one or more of the five characteristics. We talked about this. Jati, Guna, Kriya, Sambandha, then Rudi. None of them are present in Nirguna Brahman. So a word cannot directly refer to Nirguna Brahman. Just by saying Nirguna Brahman, you are not referring to anything. It's, those are just words. You have to take Lakshyartha there. Very quickly, words cannot refer to Nirguna Brahman. But Advaita Brahma, Advaita Vedanta is all about Nirguna Brahman. Then Advaita Vedanta is only words. They are books. Panchadashi is book. Upanishads are texts. How are they referring to Nirguna Brahman then? So there are strategies. Vedanta has come up with extraordinary strategies thousands of years ago to refer to something that cannot be referred to, to express the inexpressible. How? One way we learned, Lakshyartha, implied meaning. Directly not. Directly what are you talking about? Tattvamasi. Tvam means Vetaketu. No problem. Tat means the God who created the Sat at the beginning of the universe. No problem. But by Lakshyartha, both are referring to Nirguna Brahman, Satchidananda. That you have to catch intuitively. What other strategies there? One strategy is Neti Neti. They said, words cannot tell you what Nirguna Brahman is, but he can tell you what it is not. Not body, not mind, not intellect, not Prithvi, not Jala, not Vayu, Agni, uh, Apa, um, Akasha. You can deny. Mano buddhyam kara chittani naham 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 neti neti. That's one more strategy. Neti neti. Second strategy. Another strategy. Paradoxical language. Taddure taddantike tadvahyata sarvasya that is outside everything that is innermost that is farther than the farthest nearer than the nearest tadejati tannejati that moves and it does not move. How is that possible? Greater than the greatest, smaller than the smallest. Paradoxical language, contradictory language. One sadhu said, Ramananda Saraswati, he said, Do virudh vat jab aapko pakad mein aayegi, ek saath pakad mein aavegi, advait pakad mein aavega aapko. When two absolutely contradictory statements make perfect sense to you at the same time, you will get advaita. Paradoxical language. How is it further than the furthest, nearer than the nearest? The perfect sense is there. How? Explain, please. Yes. It is, Shankaracharya says, further than the furthest, for those who do not know it, it seems like a vague concept. Nearer than the nearest, for those who know it as Aham Brahmasmi. Shankaracharya explains. In, uh, all of this contradictory language can be easily explained. He who sees action in inaction and inaction in action. Bhagavad Gita, contradictory language. But it is used to point to something that cannot be said directly. Zen language is also contradictory, but the technique is different there. There it is meant to, in Zen koans, it's meant to stop you from thinking. As in sort of short circuit the intellectual process. But Advaitic contradictory language is not meant to stop you from thinking. 
it's meant to point out something which underlies the contradiction okay what other strategy storytelling storytelling 10th man dashamastomasi by that you are supposed to get it what other strategy is there um storytelling then uh, so there's one more strategy i don't remember right now so the different strategies have been evolved to deal with this problem of inexpressibility all right next question my question um is uh, from certain passages in yoga vashishta you mentioned earlier um, but i was studying it recently and uh, i came across three definite uh, different definitions of bondage and liberation which mm. i got some help from you to clarify um or to reconcile uh, the first one comes almost in the beginning where uh, sage vishwamitra starts the discourse and he says that um the exhaustion of vasanas is liberation and the strengthening of vasanas is bondage mm. uh, then somewhere in the middle uh, there is another definition which sounds very vedant advaitic which says that the the existence of duality between the seer and the seen is bondage and when that duality is dissolved um uh that is liberation and then a third one i came across uh much later which is um it says something like uh the existence of sankalpas in the mind which to the best i could understand was ideation of objects given reality to objects uh that is bondage and the removal of sankalpas is liberation hmm. uh so there are these three passages that i came across which on the surface they are all defining bondage and liberation but in very different ways so yes if you could reconcile them for me i'd really appreciate yes these are very profound i have not i don't remember them but it's good that you pointed them out three ways so one is vasanas more vasanas we have it is bondage and uh, removal of vasanas is liberation now at one level it is practice at the level of our sadhana it's a very good indicator minimize your desires minimize vasanas vasanas are the desires carried over from impressions of this life and past lives which prompt us which come up in the form of raga dvesha in the in our mind mm-hmm. if you can minimize them more and more um the mind becomes freer you are freer of the bondage of samsara while remaining in the body while remaining active the less you want from the world from people the more free and calm you are that's a, at the very most practical level mm. at the deep advaitic level uh, at the yogic level see vasanas are which disturb the mind meditation is possible if vasanas are less the disturbed mind cannot meditate mind which is stung by the desire for things outside that is vasana uh, so meditation also becomes easier the lesser vasanas are there devotion it is our pull to the world outside people ask ask you know devotion is supposed to be an easy path but i don't feel devotion for god for my krishna for my uh, lord jagannath i don't feel the devotion how to feel devotion devotion is there love is there but it is flowing in 100 channels to the world money son and daughter grandchildren um, property um, all of this 
our our love is divided in a hundred streams through the world all of them guaranteed to bring unhappiness that is the tragedy we want happiness from those sources but they will bring unhappiness in the, at the end so why not reduce have have good wishes well wishes for everybody um, be a well wisher for everything but your vasana is not in the world your desire is your then you will see love bhakti will come much more easily hmm. at the deepest level advaitic level vasana shows real vasana shows giving reality to things hmm. only when there is something which can uh, uh, tempt me or scare me then i have vasanas but advaita when i am the infinite being everything else is an appearance there is no nothing else apart from me what can scare me what can tempt me vasanas will disappear hmm. similarly sankalpa sankalpa comes from vasanas ideation about objects now ideation will continue even for jivan mukta ideation will continue but jivan mukta's ideation has no problem at all for the jivan mukta we are bound by our ideation by our thinking about the objects it, it traps us in samsara the jivan mukta knows that what he is thinking about is just name and form is i myself appearing in that form so all the thoughts in the mind of the jivan mukta if at all the jivan mukta thinks if at all they might not might not think about the world at all if at all that is not a bondage for the jivan mukta but for us ideation is a bondage for practical sense less and less thinking about the world but i cannot stop thinking and think about god think about vedanta repeat the mantra something divine keep the mind on that that will not bind that will free and the last one is most important any difference between subject and object seer and the seen that is samsara swami dhol retreat did you not say that i am different drig drishya difference between drashta and drishya difference between atma and anatma difference between panchakosha and the atma you all the time you are differentiating between the subject and object now you are saying no difference differentiation between subject and object this discrimination this viveka is first step only it is not advaita it is only first step if you stop there i have said again and again it is sankhya one more step has to be taken the object which you have discriminated you have if you have discerned yourself apart from that must now be seen as nothing apart from you it is not a second thing apart from me then it will not tempt you it will not scare you um one sadhu said ye jo drig drishya karte rehte hai na ye kacche vedanti hai so those who go on keeping about talking about drig drishya so just i think was referring to me only they are unripe they are not yet ripe kacche vedanti absolutely right drig drishya viveka is only first step advaita is not is non duality it is not different drig drishya viveka viveka means difference once you differentiate the sat vastu the chit vastu then everything else becomes avastu and is absorbed back into that non duality is the result that is advaita oneness is advaita non duality is advaita advaita literally means non duality if you do drig drishya two things will emerge so first step you must differentiate find the reality then see that what you have differentiated from they are not apart find the reality of the subject step 1 then absorb the absorb the object back into the subject step 2 non duality i gave a talk once two steps to the not two two steps to the not two yes one step viveka second step you must absorb identity non duality must be there um a good time to 
repeat the story of princess of kashi so some many of you have heard this but it is such a nice story that uh, when the you know in a, in a royal court a drama was not only was drama was staged and one of the characters was the princess of kashi a little princess who will play the role the queen said let my son the prince play the role dress him up like a princess and he will play the role of princess of kashi and that was done it was so cute the queen said draw a painting paint a painting of my son dressed in as princess of kashi that was done it was titled princess of kashi date so and so many years later 15 years later now the prince is grown up 20 year old young man and uh, one day he goes into the cellar of the palace is exploring old things he finds an old painting wipes the dust of it he sees princess of kashi and he sees 15 years ago it was printed painted so she must be my age and he falls in love with her and he says i have to marry her otherwise i will be unhappy but he is shy he cannot tell his father the king or his mother the queen but everybody notices something is wrong with him and finally the minister goes and asks him prince you can confide in me tell me what is wrong i will help you i am in love oh, very good who is she she is the princess of kashi princess very good you are the prince she is princess you have a very good marriage where did you meet her oh, i have not met her and i have seen her picture picture where in the cellar picture of princess of kashi in the cellar wait 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 you take me there old minister he remembered something he took him there show me the picture the photo the the painting and showed him and the minister says prince please sit down i have to tell you something it is not princess of kashi all right whoever she is i will marry her no 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 you don't understand told the whole story how there was the drama 15 years ago you were a little boy at that time you were dressed as the princess of kashi and your painting was made tatvamasi that thou art this princess of kashi is not a second reality apart from you then what happened to the vasana of the prince what happened to the sankalpa of the prince it went away the desire went away why did the desire go away very important not because he was frustrated the princess of kashi is married to somebody else no princess of kashi does not exist no i am that there is no princess of kashi the object of my desire is my i myself there is nothing it has always been one with me there is not it is only appearing with name and form apart from me this whole world is our princess of kashi thank you for this question thank you sir is there anything somebody says what is the title of the book by professor ganapati mentioned yesterday i can show you the book mahavakyas so this is the book it's a very old copy which i have got published from the department of philosophy ramkrishna mission vivekananda college t n ganapati mahavakyas i don't know if it's possible to get a copy i got the text from somebody has put it on the net but i could not get a pdf anyway he was a great scholar so intricate intricate study of 16 samanadikaranyams and to finally arriving at one samanadikaranyam first stage of mahavakya artha vichar sir you mentioned about uh, how brahman enters into the five elements as satan chit what about ananda a uh, big question <laughs> yes often people ask so you keep talking about brahman as existence as the presence you keep talking about witness consciousness why don't you talk about brahman as ananda 
everyone is interested in ananda and after all that is our goal fulfillment ananda so why we do, I, i don't mention it see the problem is this we often think of ananda as an experience the moment we think ananda we think happiness smiley face that should be ananda permanent smiley face no fortunately or unfortunately that is not the meaning of ananda i'll mention two things here one is taittiriya upanishad anandavalli there um, at the end there is ananda mimamsa so please see there what is the meaning of ananda so it shows the ananda as a feeling which is from eka manusha ananda the ananda of gandharvas ananda of karma devatas and so on i calculated how much ananda is being mentioned there the highest human ananda if you take that as one then i calculated the highest ananda mentioned there of brahma is 10 to the power 20 <laughs> of that incredible that is the range of happiness but ananda does not refer to that that is only a manifestation of ananda shankaracharya says the ocean which is within us just a spray of which is what people are madly running after that is the ananda of the world real ananda ananda with capital a is nothing other than brahman but so is that a lot of ananda no more ananda less ananda is in the mind in the panchakoshas in the uh, in the mind it is experienced but the original ananda is infinite it is not a particular feeling understand in this way just as the existence of things is not sat the things which exist is not sat sat is not another thing which exists it is the very existence itself chit is not one more thought chit is the consciousness itself which manifests all thoughts sat is the existence itself manifested in all existing things it is not one more thing chit is not one more conscious experience similarly ananda is not one more happy experience it is that ananda itself which is found in all joys in 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 our mind okay that disappoints some people because people are expecting some kind of very great ananda will come now the complicating factor is this that in the lives of the jivan muktas you do see a lot of ananda jivan muktas generally are always happy so that is the reflection of the ananda nature in a satvik mind the mind of the jivan mukta is satvik is full of is, is clear clarity is there aham brahmasmi why should that person not be happy panchadashikara says why is a jivan mukta so happy tritakrityataya praptavya praptataya gyatavya gyatataya having achieved what is to be achieved in human life imagine the fulfillment and restfulness you will get what has to be achieved in life i have got it what has to be gained in life praptavya i have achieved i've got that i've gained it nothing greater remains to be gained no billionaire no powerful person no amount of wealth or power is greater than what i have got i have got it what is to be known in life i am brahman that is to be known in life i have known it now imagine the peace of this person why will this person not be happy but that happiness is still in the mind vishayananda bhajanananda brahmananda so this happiness is not vishayananda not the happiness of sense pleasures it is bhajanananda it is a spiritual joy but ananda which is mentioned as brahman that is higher than this this is the source of all of that 
acts. So that is there in every one of us, even in us, it is there. It is our real nature. One final point. What is Ananda? Here I will end with the words of Dhanan Saraswati Ji. He says, it is much better to think of Ananda as Purnatvam. The infinity which you have already discovered, Aham Sat, Aham Chit. This Chit and Sat, infinite Chit and Sat, Satyam Jnanam Anantam Brahma. We say Satchidananda, but Upanishad says Satyam Jnanam Anantam Brahma. Anantam Sat, Anantam Jnanam. That, that Anantam nature itself is Ananda. Chandogya Upanishad says, Yo Vai Bhuma Tat Sukham, Nalpe Sukham Asti. In the parichan and the limited, there is no real happiness. The true happiness is the infinite. So our infinite nature, our purna nature, that itself is ananda. Good, you have asked. I wanted to share this. This is the deep understanding of ananda. Is this, is this somewhat like self-satisfaction? Uh, no, it's not a feeling in the mind. Self-satisfaction, one may feel, it's a feeling in the mind. If you fall asleep, where is the self-satisfaction? That also goes away. This is your real nature. You are that. You are Ananda. Vivekananda put it this way. Not that Brahman exists. It is existence itself. Not that Brahman knows something. It is knowledge itself. Not that Brahman is happy. It is happiness itself. Self-satisfaction is a kind of happiness. So I am happy, but it is not that. It is far deeper than that. It can manifest as satisfaction. You can experience it as deep, unchanging, illimitable satisfaction. Complete contentment and peace. Uh, remember the goal of Vedanta was Atyantika Dukkha Nivritti Paramananda Praptishcha. Complete cessation of sorrow. Transcendence of sorrow. And attainment of the ultimate bliss. What is the ultimate bliss? Ananda our infinite nature, that we realize. And we have it with no fear of loss. You have it forever. You are that. I think it's good to end on this note of Anand. Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Tat Sat Sri Ram Shnarpa Namaste